This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Hey! Hey, Selena! <laughs> What's up? Nothing much. Happy Sunday. I'm ready to get into this discussion. I'm excited. I know. Introduce yourself. I'm Tiffany, Tiff Liz B, on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me there. I also have an awesome podcast named The Protest Base. Check us out. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, we have a great discussion lined up, a great show. Stanley has decided to sleep in, even though he texted us earlier this morning. <laughs> I was like, have a great show while I'm laying down in my bed, not doing anything. Um, so Stanley has taken a break, um, but we still have a great show lined up. We have Tiffany here. We have a guest on the way. And we're going to be talking about that viral moment of Little Nas X and Kevin Hart talking about homosexuality. And uh, not only that, but transphobia is another hot topic yep. because we heard what happened with Malik Yoba. Uh, and, and we know there's just a lot going on in the black LGBTQIA community. And we're going to unpack a lot of these issues. So we have a lot to talk about. And I know you guys want to let your voices be heard. So feel free to chime in, leave a comment, or tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, um, Tiffany, let us know real quick, what are you most excited to talk about? I'm most excited to talk about the Little Nas X clip, honestly, partly because right before I came into the studio today, I watched the whole entire episode so I think it provided me some more context. And even though I still think, you know, we we should, we should call for accountability from Kevin Hart. But I think it was a little bit more than that viral clip. So I'm really interested to dive into that. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about that. I'm also excited to dive into the news roundup. You know, our girl Serena, you know, she... Uh, <laughs> I think it might be over for Serena. Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. We never say that. No, tell now she's 38 well i think she's about to be 38 so yeah yeah, she's a she's a she's a long and like unheard of career and the thing is like she made it to the finals four times i don't think she's done i just think she probably has to switch up her her team so but i think she still has it and i think she said she did an interview she was like it's inevitable that's gonna happen and then when it does happen y'all gonna be like when you're gonna make it to 25 (laughs) well we'll see and we'll talk more about that after this prick quick break don't go anywhere guys this is let your voice be heard Welcome back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Tiffany L. Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany Liz B. Liz B. Tiff Liz B. You got me messing up my own name. You know my mind is. Yes. Woo! It's okay. It's okay. But you know what? Um, you know, you know, speaking of my mind not being there, you know, one thing <laughs> that really shook us this last week, Nicki Minaj announced that she is retiring mm-hmm. from rap to start a family. Finally, Nicki. I mean, I saw it coming. I mean, it's it's about time. I mean, I, I've been following Nikki's career for a long time. I knew this is something that she wanted. Her fans wanted it for her. But uh, apparently it was so abrupt that her fans felt very upset about it when she announced it. And she had to apologize. She yep. put out a tweet apologizing for being insensitive about her choice to retire. Tiff, what are your thoughts on this? So I saw the initial tweet. And she really hit her fans, the barbs, with like a couple emojis. And was like, bye, y'all. <laughs> Like, that's what she really did. 
And I just kind of feel like Nicki's just a bit in her feelings because there's a lot of other rapper girls that are coming out that are getting light. And for a time when it came to like women in hip hop, like it was only like one, it was only Kim, it was only Foxy. Like it, there was never like this sort of camaraderie. And I just kind of think she's like, you know, kind of down and out because the attention is no longer on her per se. So I just think she just had like a moment when she just threw a little temper tantrum. So people could be like, no, Nikki, we love you. Come back. And, you know, Nikki's not retiring. She's not. So no. reports say that she's still in the studio. She's actually still working on um, a lot of music. I think she's going to take a break. But remember, remember when Jay-Z uh, supposedly retired and right. Little Wayne retired? They all go through this phase where they quote unquote retire and right. then they come back. So anyway, your the barbs will still be here when Nikki decides to come back. So anyway, moving along. Speaking of comebacks, Serena did not make a comeback. Last she night. didn't. What happened? I was really I was watching that game. Like I feel like this is the most tennis I've watched in the past few weeks since the U.S. Open started. Yeah, about two weeks ago. And she lost the first set. It was like 6-3. And then the second set, I think it was about 5-1. And her opponent was like really about to walk away with it. And like Serena came back and won four straight sets. So I was like, wow, like my girl is really putting up a fight. But, you know, in the end, she ended up um, losing to a young girl who was like 19. Like Serena won her first um her first Grand Slam, and the girl wasn't even born yet. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tiffany, that being said, you don't think it's time for, I mean, if, if Nikki can retire, it's not time for Serena to retire? No, absolutely but, not. I mean, you can't never compete. say this to men athletes. Roger Federer is still kicking. <laughs> like, he's still in the tennis. I think Serena, I think the, the, the quest to get to number 24, I think it's probably like a mental thing. Okay. Um, and I also think, like, maybe she probably has to, like, switch up her team because it's not like she's, like, pursuing the 24 Grand Slam and she's not even making it to the final. Like, she made it four straight times. And I just think when she gets there, I think it's, like, nerves and just, like, the pressure. Like, literally, when you when she walked into the to the stadium, and I knew some friends with there, they was like, it was, like, literally pandemonium. Like, everyone wants her to get this. And I think she did an interview saying, like, it's inevitable that it's going to happen and everyone's going to be like, okay, when are you going to get to the 25th one? So, like, we've never seen a career, like, this so i'll be happy once she gets to 24 or 25 and retire yes well i mean <laughs> and, and to your point i mean you said something uh thought-provoking you said men <laughs> don't get the same type of pressure right what do you mean by that i think like there's like roger federer who like he's probably a bit older than serena and like he's still kicking i think this whole notion that like oh she has to retire because she's older like yes these young girls are definitely coming for her like to, for for them, Serena is, like, their, their goal. So they're hitting just as hard. Like, her opponent was just, like, phenomenal. But I say all this to say, um, I think there's, a, like, unnecessary pressure on, like, women athletes to, like, retire. So I'm like, she just had, like, a baby. Like, we've never seen a career like this. And I'm just like, the fact that she's still playing at almost 40, when, like, no one has really done this in her her entire field, I was like, you know, just just let her rock out. Like, but Jordan, like, retired, came back. <laughs> Did another sport. Right. I mean, no, I mean, Did a whole other sport, yes. And he wasn't even good at it. No. Um, but he still got support. <laughs> I feel what you're saying, Tiffany. Um, I do want to take some time to talk about climate change. Yes. We know that CNN had a, a, a debate, not a debate, but a town hall mm -hmm. with a number of the Democratic candidates. But it was Bernie Sanders' comment about climate change and what conservatives are saying, population control and mm -hmm. eugenics, that really took people by surprise. So during the, the conversation, 
he was saying women who women who live in poverty need access to birth control because just in case they cannot afford to have children or they don't want to have as many babies. But he said this within the realm of talking about climate change. So conservatives went off and they were like population control eugenics. I mean, I didn't interpret the comment like that. What do you think, Tiffany? That's a really interesting comment. I'm curious as to what he he met because did he did he say population control or well, I have the quote and okay I have the quote and he said hold on let me just pull it up here um so basically he was hold on give me a minute because I actually don't have the quote but <laughs> to paraphrase what Bernie said he basically he was just saying women need access to birth control right and to me he said what he said i didn't think it was controversial but apparently people think it was controversial um yeah i mean women do need access to birth control i mean besides just you know not wanting to have children like people use birth controls for a variety of issues and i think that's what's always gets like missed when we talk about like women's health and like reproductive rights and all of that um when it comes to like you know conservatives and like harping on like eugenics and things of that nature like conservatives are also you know the ones who are pushing abortion bans, which we know is going to um, disproportionately impact, like, you know, black and brown women. So I think it's just another way for them to distract and, like, take the conversation where we know Bernie most likely did not, exactly. you know, mean to, what he meant to say. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of conversations which are going viral, out of control, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. Netflix, Sticks and Stones, right. not getting good reviews. Is he out of touch? <laughs> Again, he is an older comedian. He's, you know, he has a legacy at this point. Mm-hmm. People are saying the jokes about homophobia and women and sexual assault no longer there's no longer a place here. But it's comedy. What do you think, Tiffany? Um, it's really interesting because I know we're going to talk about it um later in the show, but when you watch the shop, they talk about comics and like how comics were supposed to make people laugh about just like awful things in society and also be thought provoking and they said like you have some comics that are going to be like you know they're going to grow with the times and adapt with the times because they recognize people's voices and concerns and you're going to also have other comics which is going to be like i don't care it is what it is this is where i want to say and this is why i'm going to say it and i think dave chappelle is probably on the latter end where i don't care people are too sensitive pc culture yada 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 um but I also think, if anything, Dave Chappelle represents a lot of society who feel like, you know, I should just be able to say whatever I want to say, regardless of consequences or other people's feelings. But I think we do have to recognize, like, homophobic jokes were whack in, I mean, they were whack in 2019, they were whack in 2000, they were whack in 1985. They were more tolerable and accepted right. earlier. They were. And I think partly because we didn't have, like, as much access to when it comes to, um, um, knowledge like with the internet and social media you just have more voices now and more people from the lgbtqia community saying like hold up like this was whack when i was in the 2000s this is whack now in 2019 i think you have more voices pushing back and now everyone's like pc culture pc culture when it was like no these jokes were always problematic but now you have more people telling you that they're problematic and now you feel like okay i have to you know be quiet and not say anything because pc culture well, you know, and, and the, you make a great point both mm-hmm. ways. Um, and I know we're going to talk more mm-hmm. about 
comics who keep getting their foot stuck in their mouth. Yes. We're going to talk about Kevin Hart uh, very shortly, guys. Again, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Keep those comments coming on Facebook Live. We are finally up and running. Please excuse the technical difficulties we had earlier today. And shout out to all those who are listening via podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and iHeart. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Ride till I can't no more. This yes. is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We're back on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, my name is Selena Hill. Shout out to all those who are watching us via Facebook Live and all those in the podcast community. Thank you. We have with us here Tiff Liz Bizzle. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, as of by now, I think a lot of us have already seen that viral clip of Little Nas X and Kevin Hart talking about homosexuality on HBO's The Shop. Mm-hmm. So the comedian... Kevin Hart, who is actually currently recovering from a car crash in Malibu. Yep. He's under fire once again for his attitude towards LGBTQ people after appearing in an episode after appearing on the shop where he interrupted little Nas X when little Nas X was asked about coming out. So as we remember, little Nas X has came out as gay uh, and he did so while the success of his song Old Town Road was literally breaking records on the top of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. So, the clip, you have Kevin Hart saying, you know, like, why? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, what's the big deal? You know, you came out as gay, and, and what's the big deal? And everyone's saying, oh, he's being dismissive, and he's gaslighting. Others said he was drunk, and, drunk, and you know, yes. he just had, like, a, a nervous response. <laughs> However, this comes uh, in light of Malik Yoba, another black actor who has been making media rounds after explaining the revelation, revelation that he is trans-attracted. So in this episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard, we want to unpack homophobia, transphobia, and toxic masculinity in the black community and what needs to be done so our community is inclusive of all people. So, Tiffany, I'm going to start with you. (laughs) Yes. What was your reaction to the shop episode featuring Kevin Hart and Little Nas X? So I feel like I, I'm like ripe and ready to go about this because while I was getting ready this morning, I was watching the shop just because I know a lot of times these clips could go so viral and it is like a snippet that they're taking from it. And then, you know, people react off of 15 or 30 seconds or however long the clip is. So like the leading up to that Kevin Hart part, like someone was like he was talking to the little guys like, you know, you have this dope record you're at the top of the charts, like, you know, country music not really messing with you. Um, and then you came out with this announcement and I was like, the fact that he said like announcement as if it was like taboo, I was like, dude, he came on as gay. Like, all right. So then Kevin Hart jumps in and was just like, gay, like who cares as if he hasn't had his own issues with, you know, being like, you know, homophobic or problematic. So I think in the clip, like one, I do agree. I think Kevin Hart was loose off that red wine that they were serving. <laughs> I think he was he was real loosey goosey. So can he can he blame it on the alcohol? No, <laughs> I don't think he can blame it on the alcohol just because his track record shows that this is a problem area for him. But um, I do think 
Um, I can see why people might always say that it's malicious, and I do think he was being dismissive. And for him to be like, "Who cares?" as if he didn't have these jokes as to why he didn't want his son to be gay, and yada yada yada. But I think the whole conversation in whole, like how they led up to it and making it seem like you came up with this announcement, it's like, come on. And I also think the little Nas X, like, how old is he? Like, what, 21, he's 22? 20. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, you know, he's probably, like, still figuring it out. And, like, let's be true, like, honest. Like, he was in a room full of men who probably said some questionable things. Like, Charlemagne had his own moment when he, like, you know, was, like, um, getting on, like, what's his name? Mr. C for being, like, you know, he had like those transphobic. So I was like, I feel like Lil Nas X was just in a safe environment because he was around men who had like it, troubling <laughs> opinions. Hence, it ain't yeah. safe in the barbershop. Right. Um, we have Stan Talouise who just ran in like he ran a marathon. Literally, you, you look a little unraveled. Um, sweaty, <laughs> sweaty. You uh, look like you did. You run here from Queens? Uh, I should have. Honestly, I would have got here faster. The A train. The A train let me down. Uh, sorry. So welcome to Hi. this. Uh, yeah, it's the A train. It's MTA. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Stan. Uh, we know that you are also a comedian. Yes. Also a man of color. Yeah. And also part of the LGBTQIA community. Yeah, I think I'm more of the Q part. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Q meaning queer or questioning? I think I'm questioning. Okay. I don't. Like, oh, I didn't know that Q can. Mean... I think I think it was. Oh, it, I think it was queer at one point, and then they kind of shifted it towards questioning to include uh, people like me, I guess. Oh, right. So, so Stan, we're talking yeah. about the little Nas X Kevin Hart viral fiasco that went down. Yeah. What was your initial reaction? Well, uh, I had seen the previews and I was looking forward to watching it. Um, but initially, I was just. Uh, like you said just now, uh, I didn't think Lil Nas X was gonna be as forthcoming as we as he could have been, just because, like you said, it, there, he was in a room full of alpha males. You know, he's got uh, Maverick Carter there, and he's got, you know, Kevin Love and Kevin Hart and all these people that that have been in their their professions way longer than he has. And um, the the one takeaway that I that took away first was that I I I question whether his uh, announcement. Uh, was was timed weird because of his success. So uh, I, I'm curious to know if he would have announced what he did if his single wasn't number one. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, um, I totally understand why he wouldn't uh, why he wouldn't want to say anything or go that far because it, I, there's it, I've been in situations, especially in the barbershop, where mm-hmm. I won't. You know, nobody. A lot of people don't know about like what I do and how I, you know, how I, how I, how I, you know, move, I guess, if you Mm -hmm. want to call it that. So, um, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting that even someone at his level would find it difficult to, to be as forthcoming as he'd like to be. Mm -hmm. I also heard that someone noted that he was about to be outed and I don't know if that's true or not. So that's why he felt the need to say something but in the barbershop in that clip they also said that why did you feel that you needed to come out and he said that he felt that he needed to come out he didn't reference him being you know outed but he's like Mm -hmm. you know if i did it at the top of my career which truth be told we live in a a a really homophobic society Mm -hmm. to an extent you know that that could have ended his career because he's already getting backlash because you know country music doesn't want to necessarily accept him even though because yeah yeah, because he's black even though they they take elements from hip-hop so i think it was I don't want to say it's committed, but I think it was brave for him to come out at the top, especially sure. when he's getting all of this blowback. And he's really young, so I feel like he still 
navigating that field. So I think I would have been more appreciative. Someone knows, like, they should have had Billy Porter on there because he know, like, yeah. he would have ran all of them, like, but out the would room. Would they but, have Billy Porter on that show? But th- and I think that's the thing. I felt like if they would have, I'm not saying, like, Nicole Nas X is not, you know, qualified, but I was like, like you said, he was in a room full of established people in right. their careers. Like, you know, they've been through all sorts of things when it comes to, like, the media and all sorts of, like, backlash and stuff like that. And I feel like Billy Porter, he would have been able to stand on his own and really, like, push back and, like, really, like, you know, I would, like, call them to the carpet about some of their homophobic ways. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. hold that thought. Mm -hmm. We do have to go on a quick break. We actually had a caller on the line who didn't want to come on the air, but she said that we're being, or me specifically, being disingenuous towards Kevin Hart. She says, the man said he was sorry. What else do we want? So on that note, we're going to take a quick break, <laughs> and then we will come back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Shout out to all those watching us via Facebook Live. Uh, we appreciate it. Forgive us for the technicals that we had this morning. We have Stan Teloise in the building with us, and we have our trusty correspondent, Tiffany L. Bizzle. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about the, the clip of Little Nas X again, Kevin Hart. Guys, it was the conversation that they had in the shop reflective of how most or, or general black men view the LGBT community when in the barbershop, Stan? I would say so. I mean, I think uh, to, to to an extent. I don't think that uh, Lil Nas X uh, talked about it as much as he could have, but he, he brought up a good point when he said, you know, if you grew up in the hood, you know, like you can't, you grew, you're brought up to, to, to hate, you know, gays and, 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 and anything like that. So, um you know, me being, you know, in my situation, a lot of people in my neighborhood don't know about, you know, the only, it's it's weird. The only place I feel comfortable talking about my sexuality on stage. So you, when you're in your own community as a black man, would not feel comfortable no talking about, if you. Absolutely not. If you were in the shop, like your regular yeah. barber shop and they brought it up, what would you say? I guess it depends on my level of success. If I was an established comic, I, I would, I would talk about it for sure. Um, I would expect some some negative negative backlash from people in my community, but uh, I, I you know at that point I wouldn't really care. But at, you know, being where I'm at where I'm at now, uh, I don't necessarily feel totally comfortable doing it. Even though it's like I said, it's weird. Like when I'm on stage, I feel I, around other comedians, I feel totally confident. I can talk about it because one, I you know I can you know make it funny. I'm you know with right. a bunch of humor. Yeah. Um, and two, I feel like the comedy community is a little more accepting. Tiffany, why is it that it ain't safe in the barbershop where, you know, people like Stan can't open up and talk and be real? But, I mean, could, let me just add this caveat. The barbershop, aren't they always talking about sex <laughs> and having sex with somebody? But, you know, but you can't talk about sexuality in that in that way. Right. So, way back when, before I have, like, my, my hair now, I used to wear my hair, like, really, really short in a fade, looking like, you know, your favorite auntie stud. So I thought that was like, you know, whatever, cool. And I would go to the barbershop and anytime the the conversations like got like a little too provocative, like my barber would be like, Hey yo, there's like females or kids in yeah. here. <laughs> like that like that's where like that was the level of like checking 
like the other patrons in there or just like the other like barbers like anytime it got like all right like y'all really bugging out now so i know like if i wasn't there if there wasn't kids there i know like those conversations were literally off the rails you like in my in my barbershop you can't even say anything that sounds remotely gay like you can't even like if i were to say like uh you know like if we like we talk sports a lot if i said something like well you know the running back has to penetrate the the uh, the, the defensive line they're like hey yo like, <laughs> Right, like, oh, talk like, about football, dude. Like, <laughs> right. But oh, and you know, you you make a great point. What is the root origin of, of black men, especially in these barbershop settings, not being comfortable? Because be, the uh, it's the idea that being gay takes away from your masculinity. Right. That's all it is. Also, in the shop, they talked about why is it so like a, a stigma around coming out as uh, homosexual, gay, whatever the case may be. And um, I think his name was McCullen. I think he's a basketball player. He was, he uh, was CJ McCullen. Yeah. yeah, he was sitting right next to Charlemagne, and he was like, and I, I really appreciate the response. He was like, "What they said, like one in five people may be like gay." So he was like, "The numbers are there. Yeah. Like we know they ex- exist in sports." So that's yeah. why I think I felt like this Kevin Hart clip really took away from the other men. Well, some of the other men that were in the room that were really like tapped into like the problem. But he was like, "We know it exists, but is this this idea that you know?" We're playing a sport and like in the locker room and like feeling comfortable. So that's why they're not going to come out because it's like, you know, questioning of, right. you know, a man's masculinity. But, you, you know, and, and that's a great point about, you know, the facts, mm-hmm. you know, the stats are there. But I wanted to actually ask a question about Kevin Hart, because do you feel like he's getting this backlash because of his past? I mean, to be truthful, when I heard the clip. I did not think that Kevin Hart was being dismissive or gaslighting. I thought that he had like a normal reaction, like just him not being a comedian. I see him as a like a regular black 40 something year old man to be like, you you know, and I thought that he was trying to be supportive. I mean, you stand. How did you interpret that? Like, do you think he was being like gaslighting or being supportive? No, I think I think he was being as supportive as it could have been. But the thing is, Kevin Hart's been successful for so long. I don't think he really taps into like what regular people go through. Mm-hmm. Like when he when he said, "Who cares?" Right. Sure, who cares? Because you live, you know, in Calabasas. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you've you've you've, you've you're, you're not in the hood anymore. You right. don't you like. I'm sure you have. He has an idea of what it was, but I'm sure at this point he's been around Hollywood so long that he probably thinks it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, in, good he, point. So as much as he was, he was being supportive, he also doesn't. He doesn't. I don't think he remembers or maybe not remembers but maybe i don't think he realizes that it's still just as bad as it used to be Mm, gotcha Mm -hmm. on there and um you know i do want to just segue a little bit because this is all happening as we know malik yoba from undercover cops also what new york undercover New York that's what i meant to say (laughs) new york undercover i'm not saying he was an undercover cop Um, I'm glad you caught that, Tiffany. <laughs> well, he the cover is out. You know, the cat's out the yeah. bag. Uh, there's reports that he's in a trans relationship. Uh, he has said himself that he is trans attracted. Yeah. Uh, what type of response are we seeing uh, online? And what was your response, I, Stan? I didn't know until you sent it to me that I, I didn't realize that he had said that. And actually, well, no, I heard it on a podcast, but I, they didn't really go into it. Uh, my personally. I, I, I'm all for it. I'm I'm pers- I'm attracted to trans women. So you, I don't. And I know people hate labels, but would you identify as trans attracted? 
I guess so. Yeah, I didn't know there was a label for it. But if, if <laughs> the way is, he yeah. put it is, he said, and you know, on this on a, a radio show, I'm not gay. He's like, I love women. Right. However, I'm attracted to people who identify. Well, I'm attracted to women who identify as trans. Like they call themselves a trans woman. Right. Woman. And he also said, I do like male body parts on a person as well as female body parts right. meaning breasts yeah so that's how he you know opened up and i mean what do you what was your reaction to i that? agree i i mean i i that's that's how i feel is i feel the exact same way i don't like i i think to be considered gay you have to be attracted to women to men and I, I don't find men attractive but i've been in situations where you know uh, a guy will come on to me and i'm like all right well hey what, let's let's see what let's see what happens i don't i'm just not a i'm I, i'm gonna go with the flow kind of person so i think um one, but you always identified as what cis and heterosexual your yeah, whole life. Yeah. So, but and now you're saying you are. Do you have a label or? I mean, not really. I mean, I I guess I'm more. Fluid. You just catch a vibe. Yeah. Like I I like people. Like I don't like there. I, I there have been situations where gay dudes have have come up come on to me and I'm just not in that headspace. And then other situations I am and I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. So, um, would I I wouldn't date a man, but I would date a trans woman. Tiffany, what do the recent allegations and criticism over Malik Yoba's uh, reaction, the response that he's getting, say about the black, not only the black community, but black men having a relationship with the LGBT community? When Malik uh, Yoba first came out, I was like, hmm, something's <laughs> coming. <laughs> because it was like, it, to me, not to say that he he couldn't like make this announcement, but I just thought it was like, a little, right, I thought it was like a little weird because I was like, who asked you this? <laughs> like, yeah. All right, thanks, sir. <laughs> like, cool. Um, I do think it shows that a lot of, I guess, like, cis heterosexual men feel like they cannot, you know, navigate uh, being attracted to trans women uh, freely. So they feel like they have to make this, like, big grand announcement right. and things of that nature because it's, you know, quote unquote, so taboo. Um, but I do think the recent allegations, I was like, yeah, Tiffany, you were right. Like, something was coming down in the pipe. Let's like, talk about the allegations. Yeah, so pretty much there was this woman, I can't remember her name, but she was, like, on Facebook, and she said that Malik Yoba was known, like, to go in, like, Chelsea and Times Square and, like, picking up underage trans um, women. And I think she, at the time, was, like, 13. This was, like, when uh, New York Undercover was, like, you know, really popular. Mm. And, like, a lot of people knew Malik Yoba to like go around eras that were known for like uh, sex works and things of that nature and to me like the allegations I feel like we shouldn't necessarily it's great you know he came out whatever but I feel like it's not great because like the allegations that are attached to it and it's like someone brought up a good point as like when you say like oh I'm trans attracted it's almost like you're you're othering the person as like mm. it's something like oh, you shouldn't be attracted yeah. and again I'm a, a straight cis heterosexual woman so I really can't speak to it so I'm just trying to like learn and pick up like today I just learned that the cue was also questioning. So, yeah. like, you see, like, I'm still learning. I'm fine with that. And I was like, I get that to the point because it's almost like when, like, white men may, like, fetishize, like, black women, like, exotic or something like that. So I was like, okay, yeah. I, I can I can see that. But I also think it kind of shows, like, the vulnerability of, you know, trans women, how, like, a lot of them, like, you know, they may find that they have to do, like, sex work and things of that nature and how straight men can, like, exploit that and because mm -hmm. they don't have, like, power and because they know that, you know, I would say mainstream community will like you know disregard them. So I tell you, I tell you right now, like uh, they're like, you're you're absolutely right. They as the the trans women that I that I know, a lot of them can't be they they can't get regular jobs. They they so they have to resort to sex work. I personally know a woman, a trans woman named Lillian Polanco, who died at Rikers a few months mm -hmm, ago. Mm -hmm. Um, like 
I, you know, I'd been with her. I, I, I we, we were friendly, um, and I like I had lost touch with her, and I I didn't know until like I saw on the news that she had died, and I reached out to you know mutual friends of ours, and you know it, it broke my heart. Like not only because you know she had to resort to sex work at a young age, uh, um, but like you know she had uh, what was it? I think she had schizophrenia, and I think she was she had, she was at Rikers didn't for like five hundred dollars. And couldn't afford bail, and she ended up not getting her meds and died in jail. Mm-hmm. And like things like that happen all the time. And a lot of the the biggest reason is because they're being fetishized and they're not being legitimized. And people, you know, I'll I'll take the blame too. Like people, like 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 all of us really aren't showing them the the attention they deserve. Right, the the love that they deserve. Um, the woman who has uh, alleged that Malik Yoba was sleeping with underage trans women she actually said she made that point she said this is not love Mm -hmm. she said we should not be celebrating malik yoba coming out talking about being trans attracted Mm -hmm. because she said his attraction to trans women was she 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 basically alluded and inferred that it was being fueled by sex addiction substance abuse and mental illness which Mm -hmm. he has talked about he has said that he does uh, suffer from mental illness issues. She said it's not love. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we could get to a place where trans women could live fully in their truth and men like you, Stan, who are, you know, identify as cis for a large part of your life mm-hmm. or in heterosexual for a large part of your life can feel open to love them? No, I, I don't. Honestly. Really? Yeah. It's just it's, society won't let us. It's mm-hmm. just as simple as that. Like, society won't allow... Be, uh, people to be who they are because there's these stigmas and you know like it's like we brought we talked about earlier like i there's no situation where i could feel comfortable in at the barbershop in my near my in my mm. neighborhood talking about it there's no situation where like my family would really accept it you know like we t- like th- there's there's this there's this idea that you know we talk about racism will racism ever go away and i say no because uh if you if you think about it, we talk, we say, well, we'll just wait till all the Republicans get old and die. But they're teaching their kids how to hate. They're teaching how to, their kids how to hate black people. Just like there are people that are raising their kids to hate gays, gays and trans people and and anything really. So I don't think there's ever a situation where it'll go away. Uh, Tiffany, as we wrap up this conversation, what you know in response to what Stan is saying. Last question: What needs to be done to combat to combat homophobia and transphobia, particularly in our community? I think we need to have, like, more conversations. I think we need to have more conversations that make us uncomfortable. I think we need to make allow people to ask questions, like, so explore and not take it, like, on as this peop- this person is being malicious and problematic. And I think that's going to that's gonna happen, but I think we need to give people more space uh, to grow and, under, and understand. Kevin Hart really. included? I mean, does he, is he somebody <laughs> who needs more space to grow? On social media, there's no forgiveness on social media. I'll say that. <laughs> People are not allowed to yeah. grow on social media. Right. I, don't, I don't think social media should be the bar. I do think, in that clip now that you said, I, in that clip with Kevin Hart, not to, to go backwards, I think Kevin Hart, by, I think in his mind, by him saying, who cares? Like, that was him, like, you see? I'm like, yeah. I'm an ally. Yeah. I'm yeah, an yeah. ally. Who cares? Like, yeah. I'm cool be with it yeah. Right. So I think that was it in his mind. Like, oh, I'm, I'm so good with this. But I do think we need to have, like, real conversations around, like, the trans community, homophobia, and things of that nature. And also, 
and show the parallels as to like how we deal with racism in this country and it's the, it's the same thing mm-hmm. when it comes to the trans community or uh, the LGBTQIA community. Absolutely. And last words, uh, in 10 seconds or less, Stan, what needs to be done to make it safe in the barbershop? Uh, <laughs> cut your own hair. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I honestly, I think it, it starts with with our generation, you know, teaching younger kids and letting making sure that they are accepting so that, you know, it can just continue to, to build. I, I, I just I don't think that you know, the generation above us or before us and our generation is totally ready, but I think we need to start being more accepting and it'll, it'll, it, eventually it should, like you brought up, you know, with racism, right. it yeah, should, it, but, it should. And, and I just want to close out on that point there to say, you're right. And living in your truth is a challenge, yeah. but I, and I think that as we develop more confidence in ourselves and yeah. have these conversations, we can all get to that point of acceptance and tolerance. And of course, learning from the past plays a yeah. big part in that. I mean, how many times has this country ostracized and marginalized different communities yeah. and we just see it repeatedly happening? We need to get to that point of love. On that note, I do want to thank Stan for yeah. running from Queens to yeah. Harlem this <laughs> morning while, to get here. Uh, thank you, Tiffany, again for yeah. coming in. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Thank you guys for letting your voices be heard uh tuning in chiming in and sharing this show we will be back next sunday but we're actually going to be doing a live podcast from envision fest so check look out for the promo from for the uh, for the promotion on our facebook instagram and twitter feeds you can find out how you can buy tickets to actually watch us do a live podcast next sunday 11 a.m in brooklyn at envision fest on that note we'll see you again next week